on the Wine Roads, a wine road trip that takes you to the four corners of the world to discover the most beautiful wine estates. Fourth stop, Italy, Tuscany, episode one. If Italy has several wine-growing regions, for me, Tuscany is the most important place. It's a unique destination where some of the greatest Italian wines are produced. By starting off my trip in Florence, I discover one of Italy's jewels under the rain, far from the usual cliches with Tuscany bathing in the sun. But for now, before leaving for the vineyards of the region, I'm in the heart of the city at the Central Market to meet Camilla, a young Florentine restorer. It's the perfect occasion for quickly getting to know the Italian way of life, the food, and the wine. The central market of Florence explodes with flavors and colors. Gourmet delicatessens abound. Pasta in eccentric shapes, balsamic oils, cheese, everything is there to work up an appetite. When was this market built? In 1870. Before that, the market stalls were at Porcellino, near Piazza Signoria. But as the market was growing, they had to find another space. So this building was designed and constructed by the architect Migoni. The same architect who designed the Milano Galleria. He's famous. Yes, very famous. Ah, the wines. Can you suggest some wines to drink with Fratelier? Of course. Actually, uh, you could choose any of these. They're all good. But personally, if you want a good one, I choose that one. You can't go wrong with that. Oh, oh Sassicaia. I'm going to visit a vineyard there this week. Oh, yeah? Well, I can introduce you to a friend of mine who can tell you all about our wines. Perfect. Perfect. My discussion with Paolo didn't need any words. The Italian gestures speak for themselves. Why is the best wine in the world made here? Because we're in Tuscany, the most beautiful region in the world. A small tasting of a Brunello di Montalcino. Montalcino is situated just above Siena, all accompanied by a selection of cheeses, and you've got all of Italy in your mouth. I continue my discovery of Florence, followed by fine odors from the central market. The city is a stereotype of Italian culture, and I'm soon under its spell. Tuscany, or rather the old Tuscan land, is simply stunning. With its villas, cypresses, and valleys, it's a true microcosm of Italy. And then there's the wine. I head for the Tenuta Guicciardini Strozzi that overlooks the locality of Cusona, some kilometers from San Gimignano. I meet with the princess Natalia Strozzi, who today presents the wines of this illustrious Fattoria. Hello, Natalia. Hello. Finally, did you get lost? Just a little. But it's all so beautiful around here that it didn't matter. Our Tuscany is magic. Thank you. Welcome. This domain belongs to our family. And that magnificent tower. That famous tower dates back to 994. How extraordinary. Over a thousand years ago, that's all that was here. There aren't many domains that go back that far. No. 
Shall we start with the garden? With pleasure. <laughs> An impressive Italian garden plunging in the landscapes of Cusona. These gardens revive the spirit of the antique Roman gardens with the architectural compositions, the sense of symmetry, and perspective. Natalia takes this moment in the estate's lanes of roses to tell me about the Strozzi family's thousand years of wine-growing history. Naturally, she invites me to visit the cellar where the famous red wines of the estate are preciously stored. This is the oldest part of all, and that ramp was built for rolling down the barrels. They were made of chestnut. These huge barrels? Exactly, all rolled down there. Back then that's how wine was made and also kept. We're 15 meters underground. The temperature is maintained naturally at 12 to 14 degrees all year long. Shall we? Extraordinary. Here we are. This cellar is so ancient. It's a thousand years old. This is the most ancient part. The wine kept here was Vernace di San Gimignano. It was the white wine of that era and has existed since 1200. It was already being produced here. And mentioned by Dante, Michelangelo, and Boccaccio, that's right. And not only was it the first designation for an Italian white wine, but it also received a DOGC, which corresponds to the European PDO. This is where our wines are kept. They can age over a long period. And this is our super Tuscan, the Sodole. Sodole, I've heard of it. Exactly. It's a wine that can age for as long as 25 to 30 years. And we have another super Tuscan here called Milani, created to celebrate the thousandth anniversary of this property. Exactly. The white wine mustn't be forgotten. According to a natural procedure, the Vincento is produced here, a very famous dessert wine. Is this where you dry the grapes to make vino santo? Yes, because to produce vino santo, the grapes must be left to dry for at least two months after they are harvested. And then we transfer the juice to barrels called garatelli. These are smaller barrels where it is kept for at least four or five years. That's a long time. And left untouched. And they are covered over with cement to guard against evaporation. But since the wood is porous, yes, of course, 70% of the wine evaporates. I see. So not only does making vino santo take a long time, but it also remains a mystery, because we don't know what goes on inside those barrels. And while it's in the barrel for four years, with that window open all year long, throughout the four seasons, you can imagine what happens. All the climatic changes. The result can be a total failure or perfect fermentation, we never know. What a risk. It's the traditional process for making vino santo. It's the magic of vino santo. Here, you'll see. The corks all along the columns. That's extraordinary. But why the name Vino Santo? So, there are two stories. One is because it's the wine used by the church. 
And the other is that the winemaking procedure for Vinsanto takes place around All Saints Day, All Souls Day, so... I see. So that's why. Before you leave, I'd like to show you another little surprise that's tied to our history. I love it. Thank you. There it is. It's a family tree. Yes. It's enormous. It's our family tree. So there's the Churchill branch. But the big surprise is that my sister and I are 15th generation, direct relatives of that lady. You are descendants of Mona Lisa? Indirectly, because her name was Lisa Gerardini, and Gerardini was our grandmother's family, so although there seemed to be a big mystery about her identity, our family history proved who she was, but the facts were never revealed until some years ago. And what's more, Miss Gerardini was married to Giocondo, and thus, La Gioconda. La Gioconda. I'm trying to see a resemblance. So, that ends our little visit. It was superb. What an extraordinary visit. Thank you so much. See you next time. Ciao. Arrivederci. Arrivederci. On the Wine Road, from a documentary series directed by Eric Michaud with Luna Sands and François Montagu. Sound editing, Agathe Leroux and Guillaume Suppy. And mixing, Thomas Gabriel. Music by My Music Library. And Angle, the An Interscope Production. <laughs>